the internet, and welcome to season 174, episode 4 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Thursday, March 4th, 2021. March the 4th be with you. Uh, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Mountain Dew, do-do-do-do, Mountain Dew, do-do-do-do. Uh, that is courtesy of semi-charmed kind of life by Third Eye Blind and uh, Rob Cunningham, math demigod. Hell yeah! Mm. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Miles Gray, North Hollywood's very own blazing legend, Hideo Noho, and also, uh, if you're a fan of Japanese J-pop, the member, founding member of Gray KB48. Uh, right. And that that one comes from a prodigious family who liked a tweet from two years ago. It popped up in my notifications, and I said, <laughs> "You know what? I'm gonna take that. That's a okay. good way to remind me." But yes, yeah, yeah. thank you to prodigious at prodigious melon on Twitter for the great KB blessing. Um, and you Big truly KKB are Hideo Noho. You were uh, yeah, yeah. Before <laughs> before we started recording, you were talking to Justin, uh, one of the new producers on the show. And he he told you what street he was on, and you described the graffiti nearby. And yes. Also, uh, I did not, in relation to a tire place that yeah. has iconic Joker graffiti, and they have they honor the the Heath Ledger and Jared Leto Jokers, and they newly put up a Joaquin, I think, in the last year, maybe. Wow, Jared yeah. Leto. Jared Leto as Joker seemed like it was going to be a thing, and then I feel like it just kind of went away. It just looked cooler than I think it was in practice. Right. Like, I think right. we liked the idea, because the pictures were like, oh, yeah, that looks wild, and then people just didn't, for whatever reason. And he connecting. he went heavy on the, uh, like, method, behind-the-scenes uh, dark shit. I think he... Uh, basically, he started sexually harassing people on the movie uh, because he was so in character as Joker. I think he sent like a, a used condom or something to somebody. What? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's just art, baby. You know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> what are these people talking about? Uh, anyways, enough fucking around, Miles. This yeah, is a this serious is shit. A very special episode, uh, as they always are, when we are joined in our third seat by the legend, the hilarious, oh the brilliant Mister Chris Crofton. Wow! I can't. Wow! Wow! I agree with all that stuff. I told you to say that. <laughs> how are you how are you cold I, was brew king? Up, I was holding up a cue card on zoom uh, <laughs> Just, for jack to read that said yes. how br brilliant i was uh i'm doing all right uh you know um uh there's a pandemic yeah and uh <laughs> i've been like you still know hiking around a bunch still and uh i took a couple of trips across the country to nashville to visit my family uh, like my mom and dad and and uh and I've been watching YouTube, you know, and drinking cold brew and uh um, <laughs> with uh, the sick memes. And writing poetry on uh Twitter. And um that's been a real great thing. And Daily Zeitgeist people have been a big part of that. Big yeah. part of that. Like I mean I've got such a great group on on Twitter who request poems from me on this thing called Poetry Window. Um, and, uh, I mean, people throw topics at me and I throw them back poems. And so many of those people are people who found out about me from Daily Zeitgeist. So I'm so grateful. And that has really been 
one of the main things that's kept me. I mean, I said that and cold brew. That, that and enough cold brew that I can't <laughs> sleep ever. Um, when you say this thing sane. called poetry window, you just tweet the poetry window is open and people send you stuff to write poetry about, right? Yeah, I have a Twitter called uh, at the Crofton Show, and like usually once a day, not every day, but like pretty often, almost every day, I yeah. uh, I will say poetry window's open, and I have this fictional friend named Larry who <laughs> works with me at the poetry window, and it's kind of like a diner. <laughs> um, and, and Larry, for some reason is into QAnon and also knows about guided by voices. So it's a really confusing, yeah. uh, and people have been like, is Larry real? Oh, which yeah. makes me very proud and yeah. sad, um, uh, for those people. And, um, anyway, Larry and me, uh, cook up poems every day and, um, and it's just been great. And I've gotten actually kind of well, I don't know, half decent at writing poetry by mistake. I mean, it started out as a, just something to do, and I've written hundreds and hundreds of these things now. Yeah. Um, the poet laureate in. of Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the worst. That's the, that's the, <laughs> <laughs> the poet You're laureate. You're rocking a pirate hat, which I'm assuming the P is the for poet poetry. Laureate poet laureate of 4chan. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> right. This is the pirate's hat, is, yeah, I'm wearing a pirate's hat. I'll tell a quick, funny story just for the heck of it. I went to the mall to get this hat near here. I live in Monrovia yeah. and I went to this mall, mall in Arcadia and I was just going to get a I needed a hat because I'm um pale and and uh balding. <laughs> Balding. Uh, <laughs> I'm completely bald. Still in so, the process, uh, bald, so yeah. yeah, I mean bald guys are always balding to them. Right. Yeah. Everyone else is It's like, too final. Yeah. Too <laughs> final. You're not balding, buddy, unless that shit on the sides is falling out. Um so uh, I went to this store and I was just, I got a pirate's hat because I like public enemy about 30 years ago. I'm like, you know, yeah. I can't, can't say that in the store. Cause I'm like, who? <laughs> so I was like, they were like, you know, and my mom went to university of Pittsburgh. So I was like, I guess I'll get a pirate's hat. I had a pirate's hat in college, whatever. I needed a hat. So I went in the sports store, which is my first mistake. I should have just gone like ordered it online. I went in in person to a sports store. Yeah. And the guy was like, Oh, pirates, huh? You know, and there was the moment. That's the crossroads, right? Right. You know, do you say, do you pretend or do you just say you don't know? So I said, yeah, pirates. <laughs> 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 Which was just a crazy decision. And then, right. And then, you know, all the shit I knew that would happen happened right away. He's like, oh, you know, wow, they're the season they're doing. And I'm like, yeah, you know, but I don't really pay attention to seasons. You know, whatever, I was just trying to I'm more of a fan of the yeah, historic more, yeah. arc of the yeah, franchise. Yes. I'm more a fan of, you know, baseball. Right. Pe period. I don't really divide it up into I mean, anyway, the worst thing was he said you can get your favorite player. This this is like he was like, you can get your favorite player embroidered on this thing for twelve dollars. <laughs> and I was like, you know, and that's and the punchline of that is like and that's why I have Refrigerator Perry written on the side of my pirate hat. Baseball great Refrigerator Perry. Yeah. That's why I have LeBron James on the side right. of my pirate hat. What um, a sports nut. Yeah, um, anyway, it was really yeah. embarrassing. So I don't know why. It was like a compulsion, though. You want to bond with people. So I was like, yeah, yeah. I, love the, I love the pirates. And then it went south right away. That's like mm. when I see people wearing Arsenal gear. And I'm like, oh, shit. All right, Arsenal. Like, what's up? Like, yeah, what you think? And they're like... Sometimes people will be like, oh, yeah. And you're like, okay, motherfucker. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You're just wearing the kit. And then other times people, I just love when people go, 
Yeah, my friend, my my cousin studied abroad and got me this. I'm sorry, I don't really know what it, I just liked. And I'm like, you know what? That's fair because we deaded the conversation right there, and I don't have to be upset when you feign knowledge yeah, about the squad. I'm that I'm that creep. I'm that creep who's like, oh yeah, misleading you, and then quickly, right away, runs into yeah. trouble. Like I mean, immediately. He's like, right. you know, it's like, where did I think it was going to go? He was just going to let that lie. I mean, we're in a sports store. He's going to ask me about the Pirates, and he's not going to be like, cool. He's what do you think about like, Brian Reynolds, man, in center field? Right. I'll be like, I don't know. Right. But no, you Roberto- just go, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll be like, well, you know, Roberto Clemente uh, what? was really my favorite, <laughs> my favorite pirate. Uh, right. I don't know if he's still on the team or whatever. Oh, yeah, man. Do you want to make a bunch of new friends in Los Angeles wear Philadelphia any sports gear because they they just come right up to you and they're like, you from Philly, man? Yeah. More than the mass holes, I realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the mass holes are like, it's just, I feel like they have enough friends everywhere they go that they're just Yeah, because they've invaded LA thoroughly. But yeah, I guess maybe Philly Philly's still thirsty enough. Hey, whoa, whoa. What's up, buddy? Hey. (laughs) Hey. When I was in Atlanta- when I was in Atlanta, people got mad at me about this Pirates hat. This really? is during during pandemic. Yeah, like I drove across the country and I ended up in Atlanta on the street and uh, walking. Um, and uh, people were like yelling at me about the Pirates. And I had to pretend like I knew why they were, you know, like Atlanta, you know, like I didn't. But I didn't even understand <laughs> why I was supposed to be. You know what I mean? They were being playful. They weren't right. being mean, but I didn't even understand. You know what I mean? I had to be like, Haha, oh, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know why you're mad at me. Right, like you know, ah, we wow, got gotcha. you. Yeah, because <laughs> I remember when the pirates. What did they do? They came down here and caused trouble or something. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know how the pirates came down to Atlanta that time. Yeah, I mean, oh, you. Oh, how quickly you forgot <laughs> the '92 NLCS. Right. I don't. I even forget <laughs> that, that baseball seven. teams. I just forgot baseball teams even travel. Like I thought the pirates would have had to come down <laughs> and invade Atlanta or something. I forgot they could actually <laughs> they go there and play games. That's how bad I'm. What did they come down here and cause some trouble? Well, yeah, they played some games with us. Pirates <laughs> oh, could definitely, yeah. as a Road franchise, games. have some of the best historic stories. They've got uh, Doc Ellis uh, pitching a no hitter while on LSD. And they've got uh, the the cocaine pirates, uh, as they were known, where the mascot for the team was a parrot, and he was dealing cocaine to all the players on the team, and everybody was just like out of their mind on cocaine uh, for like two full oh seasons. Oh my god, the guy! In, I you know for for a second I was like, how how did a parrot? Steal cocaine? Uh, a guy in a parrot. That's the other yeah, yeah guy. Okay, yeah. yeah, I just realized it's the guy in there. What I don't a know the perfect way to deal drugs inside like a mascot. Like, right, the, the Pirates of the Caribbean version of the Wire, where like right. they're doing hand to hands <laughs> with a pirate or with a parrot, it's like, right. and you like, and then the pirates like throwing up a two for how? Anyway, the players <laughs> didn't realize it was a guy in a parrot suit though. They thought they were dealing with a real parrot. They were like, that parrot's fucking cool. It's not man. illegal if you buy it from a parrot. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, all I right. Just, like, this description of Wikipedia, they call it the Pittsburgh drug trials. It says the Pittsburgh drug trials are considered one of baseball's biggest all-time scandals, albeit one that was, quote, behind the scenes and did not affect play on the field. Uh-huh. Mm, yeah. Someone put that in there. Like, were you watching it being edited while you were talking? Like, while you were reading it? It was like, hey, the cursor's moving. <laughs> all right chris we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment first we're going to tell our listeners 
couple of the things we're talking about. We're going to talk about GOP governors being down with the sickness. Oh, uh, 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 is that that song? Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. Close enough. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Biden's uh, announcement around when we'll have enough vaccines uh, for all adult arms. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, latest findings on Stockton's basic income experiment. We will talk about Philadelphia's vaccine rollout, all of that, plenty more. Uh, but first, Chris, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Well, real quick, before I forget, I just want to say happy birthday to my mom. <clears throat> it's oh, March 4th. Birthday. It's my mom's hey. birthday. Her name is Penny. Happy birthday, Penny. Happy birthday, happy birthday, birthday Penny. mom. Penny. She's, she's 39. Um, wow. <laughs> so... Uh, Happy birthday, mom. Okay, so my internet search lately, I mean, I've been watching YouTube, um, you know, mostly to get through. I mean, just, I mean, well, that's not really true because I watched a ton of YouTube before the pandemic. <laughs> so I guess I just watched YouTube to get through life. But um, I've been watching a lot of, I mean, I kind of ran, I watched tons of vintage 1980s wrestling. So I search, you know, all the 1980s wrestling, but I've seen like quite a bit of it. Um, and, uh, so now I've been back on one of my old favorites, which is the JFK assassination. <laughs> uh, and since it's never going to be resolved, it's one of those things you can just keep yeah. going back to. And it's got great characters and it's got great grainy interviews with people. And it, you can hear all about phone booths and, and phone books and all kinds of old things that don't exist anymore. You can... And you can hear mostly my, about my favorite guy, Badge Man. Badge Man? Oh, shit. And you, okay, because I was told that going into this that Jack was some kind of a JFK like, expert. When you started saying JFK, Jack started cracking his knuckles and rolling his neck <laughs> like he was about to step <laughs> in the octagon. But yeah. yeah, what's Badge Man? Okay, well, technically, Badge Man is not a th really, he's not a real thing. But that well, doesn't stop me Jack from watching. Right. Well, no, I'm, I'm actually giving that because I thought you were a real deal, I man. I didn't mean to attack. <laughs> I didn't mean to attack. Oh, you never heard of this made up thing I just said? No, oh. it's like a thing. It's a real thing that people right. talk about, but I do not believe that Got there it. was a man with a badge on the grassy knoll. But okay. there was this guy who shot film from the other side, not the Zapruder side. And I can't remember his name right now. Should have had it written down. But anyway, his name's like, I don't know. So he, he, but he shot film from the other side when JFK was being shot. So he got the grassy knoll in it, but he was pretty far away. So a bunch of like 1970s photo enlargers, you know, like mm. these dudes with like enhance, you know, enhance. Yeah, a bunch of but guys the analog smoke, version. A guys, yeah, a bunch <laughs> of guys with magnifying glasses who were smoking looked right. really closely at these pictures. <laughs> And found what they think is a man wearing a badge firing a gun. Mm. Now, the only problem with that, and I can see, but they have to really point it out. And they right. don't, they're so convinced there's a man with a badge shooting a gun that they don't even point it out. They're just like, there he is. Yeah. And you're looking at nothing. Right. And then, mm. then finally they'll superimpose, like, they're like, all right, if you want proof, here's the little superimposed outline of him, since you're a beginner. At looking mm. at men firing guns, I guess, because mm. it's right there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. right. Oh, oh, you think it looks like a bush? Well, it must be because you think everybody firing a gun looks like a bush. Right. <laughs> um, that's a disorder you have. But right. I guess if I have to, I'll show you the outline of the man. There it is. I think it looks like a bush, as in George H.W. Bush, who was right. in 
Dallas that day. Right. Thank I you. have a three tramps tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> and are the three ch- tramps uh, Nixon, George W, George H. W. Bush, and uh, LBJ? I'm. I believe that. I mean, I, I believe. I really recreationally believe a lot of things. You know, yeah. and, recreationally, <laughs> recreational beliefs. I love that. I but actually you know, think the third tramp is a young Bill Paxton. A yeah, lot of people sure. talk about how strange it was I'm that George H. W. Bush was there. Uh, not many people realize uh, a like eight-year-old Bill Paxton was just down the street and has been photographed uh, on his dad's shoulders. Is that hmm. true? Yeah, that's true. George H.W.? No, Bill no, Paxton. No, he was growing up. Oh, Bill Paxton. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, George H.W. was there uh, behind the scenes coordinating the whole thing. <laughs> oh, okay. So Bill Paxton was on George H.W. Bush's shoulder. That's <laughs> yes, interesting. So, exactly. uh, and he was full grown. That's weird because Bill Paxton, okay, full grown Bill Paxton was on George H.W. Bush's shoulders inside an overcoat and he was one of the tramps. That is interesting. Yeah. So the three tramps for people listening to the Daily Zeitgeist, they're these three guys that they think were undercover. CIA guys or else assassins that were dressed as hobos, like train train hoppers. Or, right. And and they, you know, so people like compare their silhouettes. There's pictures of them, but, you know, so people think like Woody Harrelson's father. They think Woody right. Harrelson's father might be one of them because Woody Harrelson's father claimed he shot JFK and he was a guy who. He was a hitman. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's just good stuff. And uh, and uh, the three tramps were these guys that if you get into it, it's it's pretty fun. And uh, I mean, if if it's pretty fun, if if, 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 if let's say if JFK assassination was Woodstock '99, like the three tramps would be like corn. Oh. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna get a three tramps tattoo. I'm also getting a triple underpass tattoo. And um, uh, the other thing was uh, badge. Oh, badge man. Yeah, and I I kind of think that uh, the funniest thing about badge man is that his head. Like he, he's not proportional. So even if he does look like a man with a badge on, his head would be like yeah. you know, two or three feet, like three feet tall, and his badge is maybe like his badge is his maybe like a millimeter. The size of his torso. Like a millimeter big, and then his shoes right. are like 15 feet tall. So I mean hey, they man, point. I'm just saying, when you're looking at crimes, never underestimate the uh fuck. Uh I'm forgetting the word now coal gas study never underestimate the coal <laughs> gas study uh never underestimate the mascot community is what i was gonna say uh, yeah so badge man is this guy anyways you can look him up he's he's called badge man and, and he's not real and um but there's a lot of people who talk about him endlessly and i like watching it all right chris what is something you think is overrated true crime which is so funny considering what i was just talking about but <laughs> i listen to so much fucking true crime and this is somewhat ser- a somewhat serious point. 500,000 people have died from this pandemic and nobody cares. And mm. and a lot of people don't even think anybody died because they didn't see every single dead body in the morgue or whatever they need now to believe people died. And uh I think true crime has to have something to do with it. I mean, mm. I hike and listen to the most horrendous stories <laughs> possible. And they right. don't bother me at all because they've replaced, like, I listen to them the same way I listen to, like, top 40 AM music when I was mm. growing up. It's just, like, one horrible story after another. And, you know, sometimes you skip ahead because it's not gruesome enough or whatever. Oh, right. whatever. They just oh, kill, no. They just kill them normal. 
no. Oh, no, no. I want to hear something exotic. Oh, I'm trying to the missionary style? I'm trying to Come have on. some fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, spice it up for me. I love the juxtaposition funny. of you, Chris, going on a like a restorative walk through nature and if blaring through your skull are just the descriptions of heinous crimes and murders. Right, but I don't think I'm the only one. And you're like, one. yeah. No, maybe I mean, because... no, it's I'm the it's only a, one. It's, no, I mean, look, we... We we work in podcasting. We know firsthand how the genre like it performs. People love fucking true crime, and yes, there's a lot of things. It's a very double edged sword because a lot of times you're like, these are real people too, and like you know, for some people, like a whole show made up, like just focused on like this terrible thing that happened in their family is kind of fucked up. But it's only one person, and most people don't know them. So let's get down. And then we also see it too in like the shows that we like. Like we are. I don't know. Like, I mean, do you do you think personally you're desensitized from the amount of true crime that you listen to? Well, that's what I, I'm starting to think. I mean, I think like I feel like there's a certain segment of the population that thinks like they're not gonna die or something. Like somehow there's some percentage of us that aren't gonna die, and we're just like, oh yeah, that loser who died. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? Like, like oh, what a loser. Oh, what a loser. They've ruined the economy by dying or whatever. This motherfucker died. Yeah. Like, we all <laughs> like, like, what? like, loser, <laughs> yeah. lame, party foul. Uh, they just had a, a sketch on SNL or like a, a song parody that was Murder Show that was about like, uh, <laughs> It starts off with a girl's like husband being like, "All right, I gotta go out and like do something." She's like, "All right, I'm just gonna like stay home and hang out." And then just like the whole song's about her watching just gruesome ass murders. But I think I think people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the most of entertainment is is now. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched that Night Stalker documentary. It was really bad. Like I'm down for whatever true crime usually, and that's that was just a terrible documentary. It's basically the interview with like, did you see it? No, just an interview with like one policeman, like the whole time, and the, he's not a nice guy, and he keeps trying to make himself the hero of the story. And anyway, it's it's just disheartening, weird. It's just narcissist. He's a narcissist, just narcissist, um, interviewing other narcissists. But anyway, the point is for me is like I think that death is. I mean, I, I don't want to talk about death. I didn't come on the show to talk about death, but I do think that. There's something really weird going on. Like, yeah. not just a little weird, not just like, oh, man, people don't care about 500,000 people dead. Like, it's it's truly mind-boggling and really, really worth investigating because it is not normal. It is not normal. A culture that lets 500,000 people die and just keeps talking about businesses opening <clears throat> is a culture that has been completely... Um, brainwashed by this 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 american idea that like you just do business and and then everything else uh falls into place somehow and 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 and, and, and including like not dying because dying is never discussed people don't like to talk about it at all even though everyone does it and it's one of the best i mean it's one of the two main things that happens to you in the world you get born and then you die and to not ever address it is so lame and i don't yeah. mean to, it's just plain lame our culture is so lame it's just like what we're gonna do tiktok videos and then <laughs> just like one day you turn off and all your relatives are like well i guess she's a loser right. <laughs> like oh well oh, i guess she, we thought she was cool i used to like those videos she made but then she died so i guess she was yeah. like 
weak or not a good capitalist or something. I've never thought about it like that, but being born and dying are definitely top two things that happen to you <laughs> in, a, in a lifetime. <laughs> and like it says on the course, I was say on the gravestones of like modern idiots. Anyone. Like, like can't do TikToks anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> TikToks um, went downhill. That's what it says on the grave. The uh yeah, I mean, I've, I've mentioned this before, but uh, the Weimar Republic, like right before the rise of Nazism, was uh, massively into true crime and like kind of invented the uh, idea of a true crime obsession. So I don't, I don't think you're totally off that there's like some connection between uh, the the sickness of a culture and its obsession with true crime. Um, like death, yeah, death is not like you know, death isn't ideally death would not be violent. It's not right. supposed to be entertainment. I mean, I understand. I love true crime, so I'm not saying that. I'm just, I'm just yeah. noticing in myself, right, that if you listen to enough gore, it just starts to feel like, I don't know, death just somehow becomes more abstract and more like a a, a piece of entertainment or something that's other. Yeah. I can't quite put my finger on it, but all I know is death should be this awesome thing where you possibly turn into, who knows, like a fucking star or something i mean hell yeah casper yeah TikTok TikTok star, star, jason like Voorhees. A, yeah and you're out uh, in the fucking universe just going like booyah <laughs> like maybe that's all you do like you're just a star with like a big speaker yeah, baby. you're just a booyah and they don't know because they can't hear way out there the hubble yeah, does yeah. that does and you're like i used to be hooked on true crime now i'm a star fuck yeah, yeah. and now i'm like booyah booyah <laughs> and i'm nude Booyah! <laughs> this, but I mean, yeah, like you know, a lot of the research around true crime and like, especially I remember like SVU. A lot of people were like, "Why are women so into SVU more than men?" And like these really dark tales of crime and like some level is like that people like to. It's like about survival is what they found. Like some people want to hear about it because in some way they feel like it can arm them against something befalling them in some way, like on some level. But that also, like sense. to your point about our mortality, like I think if you're also in denial about it, you may be more interested in preventing it vis-a-vis listening to true crime. And it like sort of really begins to like obscure this relationship to death. Because I think, especially in the West, it's like a very, it's a, we, we, we look at it very strangely. Like it's right. like, Oh, this person died. And now all of us too are hurting or whatever. But we seldom, is it like, you know, in Eastern cultures where it's like more like, Oh yeah. Like it's just our physical. We're just transitioning from physical to yeah. non-physical. But like I mean, this fear of it, I think, yeah, drives so much other exciting. shit too. exciting. Yeah, death doesn't have to, I mean, it's not just like the end of being able to buy shoes. Mm. Like that's the way Americans look at it. That is a big part it. of it. But, uh. <laughs> like, Americans look at it like, wow, when I'm dead, I'm not going to ever be able to shop online. Right. Yeah, it's like, FOMO of life. That's just such a lame way to <laughs> right. look at it. And yeah, then they're right. going to end up being stars. And because they weren't thinking about death correctly, they're not going to get to yell anything. Yeah. Right? They're just going to be a star. Nude, yeah. hanging there, and I'm gonna yeah. be right next to him, going "Booyah, <laughs> Booyah!" Should have embraced death. Booyah! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a healthier attitude about death. You're so these I boring stars, Booyah! and you have to listen to it. But um, that's ridiculous. So the uh, <laughs> uh, so, anyway, I like I that, that as happens. a. I think you just invented a new uh, concept of the afterlife that I think a lot of people could get behind. I would like uh, to be able to say "Booyah," or I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's I know right. That's, right. <laughs> that star's uh, you kind of need a cool star near you so you can say that after they say something cool. Mm-hmm. I know after that's they, right. After they say anything, I know yeah. that's right works after anything. That's yeah. the best thing about it. 
Hot uh, enough? Hot enough for you? I know that's right. It's like yeah. what? <laughs> you say that again? Yeah, uh, well, oh, well, did you not hear me? Is it too hot? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back and uh, ask you what you think is underrated. We'll be right back. And we're back, and as promised, uh, what is something, Crofton, that you think is underrated? Oh, underrated. What did I do? Underrated. I did overrated you did, true uh, crime. Yeah, true crime. Yeah, underrated is uh, my new podcast, which is called uh, Cold Brew Got Me Like. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Where's it at? It's real. It's, re- it's happening. It's on Twitch. Yeah. It's Hell on yeah. Twitch every Tuesday at 6.30 Pacific, 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern. And I don't give a fuck about Mountain. Just kidding. Um, so <laughs> You've always so you said that. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the Mountain Time. Do you remember time Mountain zone? Time? Oh, I feel yeah. like they don't talk yeah. about Mountain Time very much. That was more of a totally erasure. Thing. I was like, totally Fantasy erasure. Island. Yeah. Fantasy There's Island, also like people. It, whatever. Wasn't Coors like a big deal because it was from Colorado? Like people yeah. had a had a 1970s obsession with uh with the Mountain Time Zone. Oh yeah. Interesting. Don Denver and yeah, that yeah. That's I like mean, different regions have their moment. Righteous mm-hmm. gemstones. What's the, who's, what region is having their moment now? Back to East Coast, Eastern Standard. Eastern Standard's the hot so the hot, hot time right zone now. now. Yeah. Well, what's it like for you being on Twitch? You know, doing uh, you know, you've you've had a we we were talking before your tech journey from you're like now nah, I gotta buy this gear and now you're doing a show on Twitch. Yeah, it's like it's pretty like uh, upsetting. You know, it's like you you used to be able to make a living like doing one thing where you just like could do it and then yeah, you make right. a living and now you gotta like first of all you have to like change your name from chris crofton to cold brew got me like <laughs> and um and then uh, and then you and then everything spirals uh, from there basically did you did you spell it in a funny way like the o is a zero and uh the no, e is it's a not, it's not too late though i don't think yeah. it's too late <laughs> let me get my manager on the let me get my manager on the phone have we looked into People <laughs> like it when you do it weird. Like search take out engine some optimization, misspell the shit. Yeah, <laughs> take out some of the vowels. No vowels. Vowels are vowels are for old people. Um, cold, br- br- <laughs> cold uh, br- br- Yeah. <laughs> so cold br- got me. Like is it's gonna be on a uh, YouTube though too? And I've got like a I've got like a a friend of mine helping me out in Nashville who does um a bunch of other podcasts mostly about basketball. Um. But he was a fan of my old radio show called Best of Bread. And he's like, you got to be back doing this. So he got a tech guy and the tech guys got it so we can watch YouTube videos and be underneath it talking about them. And um, and uh, so it's called Cold Brew Got Me Like and you can find out about it. I'll, I'll, I'll plug it later, but it was just kind of an, a joke idea for underrated. <laughs> I mean, it just it's just uh, less just, gruesome than true crime. Yeah, I mean. I, you know what I forgot to mention though in overrated? Do you guys know about that? Do you guys know about that song? Small waist, pretty face with a big bank. You ever see that on on um, Instagram where those women do those videos where they go, they use that sample from that song where it goes, 
I got a small waist, pretty face with a big bank. Do you know what I'm talking right. about? Or am I the only one who sees this shit? I don't know what you're talking about, but that's you don't. probably you're so that's lucky. because you're I'm so old lucky. and out of touch. And all I watch no, is it's Disney not that. Plus. With it's not up on Flow Millie. At, <laughs> right. If you look at one. Now, this is <laughs> this is going to sound old. I mean, I am fairly old, but. You look at one woman in a bikini on that fucking Instagram app. Ooh, and then from then on, they got gotcha. everybody you get. Yeah, everybody you get, everything you get is, you know, it used to be I got, you know, I don't know what when I was more of an academic, I got, you know, important <laughs> news items on that thing. Now yeah. I accidentally look at one bikini pick by mistake. Uh-huh. By and mistake, now all totally. I get are TikTok <laughs> videos. All I like, ever uh, get are yes. TikTok and re- of I can't believe it. I'm like the only one. And now I've yeah. accidentally revealed that I'm horny. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. It's, That's uh, all I get on my TikTok explore page that. And uh, I'm also on cocaine TikTok. <laughs> it's always serves me narco TikTok. That's amazing. TikTok you is the one best video way. people breaking down cocaine bales. And now it's all they think you want to watch. Right. That's all Miles likes. Miles loves this. <laughs> Miles loves watching cocaine be broken up. <laughs> Being distributed. <laughs> That's all he likes. I'm like, damn, well, look at all that. Well, they base. found out that somehow the Instagram people found out that Chris Crofton likes women in bikinis. And now all I get are women doing synchronized dances that say, and they use the same sample from this song that says, I got a small face, pretty waist with a big bank. And it's so depressing because it's girls showing like when the person in the song says, it's like a female R&B song. You know, right. and it's I got a small waist, pretty face, and a big bank, and the big bank means butt. So it's like oh, they okay. just like they just show their they put their hands up by their face, and then they put their hands on their waist, and then they fucking show their butt, and then their parents break down the door. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Well, yeah, he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Is this there? a segment right. on your on Cobra Got Me like Chris no, Crofton's will- TikTok breakdowns? It should be because yeah. there's that other one. If you're you've seen this one, definitely where they take the sample <laughs> from that that old old song where they go, oh no, oh no, oh no 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 no. Do you know that one? <laughs> Holy is... fuck! I'm in a private oh, hell. Maybe this yeah yeah happening. yeah. Yeah, it's just funny because you're just singing the yes, the but it's like a remix, right? It's like an or, old Crystal song or something. Yeah, and they right, took right, right. part of it and sped it up so it sounds like the person's on helium, and they go. And they show videos of fail, you know, people failing, and they, yeah. they play that. And man, oh man, man, I bet oh the, man! I bet the Instagram coders are like, we got this one sick freak who's into girls, and get this bikinis. Hit him. Yeah, hit him with another one of those small <laughs> no ways. way. What's he a guy? Some <laughs> he's gonna wish. He's gonna wish he was. Yeah, like that transitions into the whole death thing. So it works. All comes back. Back yeah, around. all comes like, back to accepting death. I mean, we were talking yeah, uh, talking about your tech journey. We were talking on, I think, yesterday's episode about this new uh, book that's come out about basically how email is killing us and all these like tech innovations that are supposed to make us more, you know, I guess they make us more self sufficient, but by like spreading the work out across like everyone. And giving everyone like more busy work and more like technical work to keep themselves self-sufficient, it does like add stress to your life. Like so I, I think the thing you're talking about, uh, 
about how everybody needs to know all this shit and buy all this shit is a real uh it's a real bummer man yes because there used to be, it's like i think of it in terms of like bands because i play music so it's like if i think if it was the 1970s and there was like a up and running normal music business i would have probably had a small career where i could have or maybe a giant career i don't know why i have to be so hard on myself <laughs> i would have been a huge superstar but no but i would have at least I think I could have had like some kind of a living from being a musician only maybe, or maybe I could have been a comedian only, but now you're not allowed to be one thing. Now you've got to be, you know, it's the way way I knew it was, you know, when they made those van, those bands playing a van, remember they were a band in a van. Yeah. You think Led Zeppelin would have played in a fucking van? (laughs) They would have told them to shove that van up their fucking ass. Right. And the reason why is because they didn't have to play in a goddamn van for exposure. You know what I mean? It was like artists are having to do more and more stupid shit to make a living. And entrepreneurs know this or not entrepreneurs. I don't know how to say it, but you know, corporations, people with a lot of money know they can get an artist to do almost anything for nothing. Cause they know they're not making any money. So you can get fucking, I saw Melissa Etheridge is on fucking cameo, oh, you yeah. know, like, I mean, tell it, singing happy birthday to people to pay for her hot tub or whatever. I mean, that is fucked. Come I mean, she had a to huge my career. window. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Come to my window. She's like, come to my window, Larry. Come. Happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's, it's just not. I mean, there is a way forward, but it doesn't look probably anything like what people who grew up. You know, people who are born right now will be fine with this shit. Because they just don't grow up with it. But I mean, if you grew up with this other reality where you were supposed to be able to have one job and then have a life, you know, that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, one and, thing um, I just learned was that, uh, like, the reason that, um, like, Drake albums now have like 40 songs on them when he when he releases one is because that's like gaming the Spotify system. Yeah, everything's uh, for streaming now. Right. But like that. In in the same way that like one person having to, you know, there's the video killed the radio star thing where like now the musicians have to be great looking. And then now like you're just like further winnowing down like the population that has, okay, they have to be great looking. They have to be good musicians and they have to like be tech savvy and good self marketers. Like I, I do feel like, you know, it like as with the Drake thing, he's not dropping an album with like 10 perfect songs on it. He's uh, dropping, you know, some good songs and a bunch of mediocre shit. Um, I feel like that's kind of uh, could work as a metaphor for like just industry wide and uh, just generally culturally wide. How, how the, you know, pervasiveness of culture and everything affects, uh, affects the art yeah, I mean, the other side, though, is because it's been democratized to a certain extent, people who would have never, you know, you know, you got people who are mudlarking who can yeah, make that's true. ad revenue off YouTube, <laughs> off of videos like that. And before you're like, I used, this, I used to just be doing this and now I can make money. I mean, it's just, it's weird how things begin to sort of like become reorganized in weird ways. Right. But yeah, it's, it's I'm so sorry, Miles, even but out. mudlarking has always been a hot ticket. People have always enjoyed watching people mudlark. <laughs> 
the mudlarking <laughs> boom to, of the. You know, I know what you just. Try, I know what you just tried to do. Like that <laughs> my main interest is some kind of weirdo stuff. Yeah. No, but I mean to no, monetize no monetized way. mudlarking like yeah. that. You know what I mean? People International to to, mudlark no, fame. People used to go to people used to go to the movies to see people mudlark <laughs> in the thirties. <30s. laughs> The great silent film Mudlarking Stars. Oh, Bob yeah. Backton. They had orchestras. Yeah, they had live orchestras doing the soundtrack and stuff. They yeah. started Radio City Music Hall was started to show mudlarking videos. Right. Who could forget Everyone the great knows. Roberta Flanagan? One of our greatest <laughs> mudlarkers. Should we even talk There's about a- the news? We're setting new records. We're crofting. We keep like 40 minutes in. Still on the underrated. <laughs> I love it. Worth it. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I'm happy to talk about the news of uh, whatever you want to do, obviously. Uh, but what was it? What was the last thing? Oh, I got a bust of myths still. Uh, we don't do oh, the no, we're not doing anymore, that anymore, actually. Oh, my God. I had four paragraphs written for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Let's get into let's get into one story uh, before we go to our second break. Uh <laughs> Let's just let's just in. do a quick COVID update, right? Yeah. Uh, the GOP is, you know, doing that counting their chickens before it t- before they hatched thing. Uh, that Wall Street Journal op-ed that uh people were like, well, don't don't get too excited, but they we might be in good shape come April. Uh, they were like, that's all we need. Uh, and now everybody's opening up. Yeah. We talked about Texas on the trending show. All of the restrictions are basically going to be lifted. Although many business owners are like, I'm not okay. Thanks. But I still have like my own employees. I actually care about. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah. There's an ICU nurse who's like upset people on the right. are like, she's freaking out, but it's like, yeah, that's her life that she now has to be on the front lines with a bunch of people who aren't wearing masks and aren't practicing, yeah. you know, COVID I mean, safety. Try being in a job, unlike, you know, like maybe a, a, someone like law enforcement where you know you're going to kill somebody and you might have to watch someone die. Imagine your job being to save people's lives and being so overwhelmed with people that can barely be helped that your life just be, your work life is a living hell. That's what they're pushing back against. So, right. you know, looking at even their averages. They had a quote unquote low of 4,212 cases in on February 20th. On March 2nd, cases were up to 7,259 per day. That's that was off their seven day average. They're trending upward. Okay. And if you look even where else, uh, Mississippi, the governor there just saying today, I signed what I expect will be one of my last executive orders re- regarding COVID-19 saying our hospitalizations have plummeted. Numbers, do, 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 this, that, and the other. It actually meets the original criteria we had before mask mandates. Again, looking at them, numbers are trending upward. In Montana, where Greg Gianforte is the fucking governor, the guy who body slammed the journalist a few election cycles ago, if you remember that. I remember that. Yeah, he's the governor now, and he's just been going on like a Trumpian wet dream fantasy of just rolling back all of his Democratic predecessors' mandates just in an effort to, you know, I guess, kill more of his constituents. And, you know, the the thing that's really fucked up about all of this, yes, these people are fucking dumb and fuck you for supporting this kind of bullshit. But the people who are going to bear the brunt of this are people of color yeah. who are going to be in these essential working positions or being in service roles, interacting with the public who is now saying, literally mask off, breathing in your face. I could be sick and I don't know, but my governor's telling me to act reckless as fuck around people who the mortality rates are affecting disproportionately. Um, so 
that's where things are. But again, remembering the numbers went down because of the mandates and people are suffering when they're like, you know, we're tired of our people suffering and not having access. People are suffering because the government is not supporting them, you know, through this major crisis. That's why they're suffering. Not because fucking Applebee's is closed, but they've done a really good job of completely obscuring the argument from no one should, everyone should be like, yo, fuck that. Give me my money. Right. Fuck all of this. But it's been to like, they have a right to die at work. <laughs> and that's the take now. Yeah. Yeah. It's really disheartening. And it's also because we're so compartmentalized and even more so during a pandemic, obviously we're all by ourselves, you know? Yeah. So it's easy to believe that. And it goes back to this sort of 500,000 people, such an abstract abstraction. Like part of the problem with living in a society where you're not connected to anybody is that almost everybody could die. And as long as it wasn't someone on your block, you would never believe it. You know what I mean? You're so separate. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's a perfect setup. Like the people that haven't died are kind of easy to convince that really nobody really died. Who do you know that died? And you're like, well, I don't know. I'm the only person in my house. Or I'm like, I only know five people and they didn't die. So I guess nobody died. It's like a perfect setup. Like this culture is set up for people to work and look at their phones and go home, go to bed and start again and never really know that many people. And that's the setup. And that's, it works a couple of ways, but in this situation it works because Nobody knows someone who's died, but that doesn't mean a shit ton of people haven't haven't died. And also, I know people who have died, right? And other people yeah. know who people people who have died, but absolutely, the word doesn't get around because everyone's at home, and so it's like, yeah, there's just or these- you know, or it's just your own hubris, you know, as a person being like, yeah, maybe I will get sick, but I'm not one of these people who'll die from it. Cut to them, right? Dying that. and yes, in total regret or whatever, or and not in some cases. But yeah, but it's I'm, true. Like it is a reflection of what's happening at every level. Like on and the governmental side, you have millionaires deciding what wages are for people. You know, the absurdity of having millionaires determine what uh what, you know, how to set or, or address uh, income inequality is just absurd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet these are the people who say, no, nah, they don't need fifteen dollar wages. They don't need to, um, you know, we don't need to protect them. Because they're also coming from their place of they're vaccinated, they're millionaires, they know the decisions they make have nothing, they're so insulated that these are just, to them, it's a hard decision I'll make, but it'll never affect anyone I know. And then in the same way, even on like a personal level, we have our own versions of like, well, I don't know if it's going to affect anyone I know, so I can do this, that, and the other. Yes. Yeah, it's a bad cycle. Every single person who's making those decisions, none of them are living like six people in a two bedroom apartment or multiple families living in one house. Um, as the case in poor, poor neighborhoods and things, it's like these people have acres to walk around. They have, they have, you know, probably they're just their immediate family in their, in their house. I mean, these people are wealthy. They, they, I'm not exaggerating to say, or I'm not, I don't, this is correct that they do not, they're never piled into a building with a bunch of people. So yeah. they are safer. So for them, they're operating from a position of they are safer than your right. average person. And they're making decisions based on that safety. And 
it happens that all their friends have that kind of safety too because those people travel in packs. It's not like rich people hang out with poor people. They fucking don't. So wow. they, you know, they're all operating on this idea that this is not that bad. And for them on their five fucking acres, you know, and their top shelf healthcare, you know, they could still die, but their chances are a lot less. And they're just yeah. making, for those people to be making, making policy during a pandemic is, well, to say the least, a recipe it's, for disaster. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's fucked it's, up. It's systemic. Like, I, I do think that, you know, obviously those are shitty people, but I also think it's just more and more it, you run into the fact that it's it's systemic. It's the system preserving itself. There, yeah. This is sort of related, but uh, we had talked a long time ago, uh, and it was in the news that this mayor who was in his 20s, Michael Tubbs, got some celebrity because he was like, I'm going to enact a test balloon plan where low-income, like poor households get $500 every month without any of the job requirements, means testing, drug testing, any of the shit that usually comes with uh, government, you know, uh, payments. And it was like radical in its simplicity. Um, it's something that countries around the world have found works. So it's like slap your head. Obvious. Um, the data is finally starting to roll in. It's extremely positive. The people who got the uh additional income actually worked more. They were able to find more jobs because they weren't, you know, stretched thin and constantly, you know, doing just surviving. Yeah. Just surviving. Exactly. Constantly and fucking depressed. And they spent head. their money on groceries and things for their families, uh, which is not what conservatives would tell you they would have. So this article in the Atlantic, that's about like all this great data coming in has a quote from Michael Tubbs, the dude who was like kind of the face of this program about how, you know, just lowering the stress and cortisol levels alone is worth it for mental health. Like this is the equivalent of like giving everybody really great mental health care is just giving them $500 uh, a month right? Um, and much cheaper. Um, but the quote also mentions he is the former mayor, Michael Tubbs. He was defeated in 2020 by a Republican uh, who used a popular Facebook page. Uh, the Republican didn't do it, but there was a basically like a giant uh, viral campaign that was like full of racism aimed at uh, Michael Tubbs, uh, the Republican Party, the powers that be, um, the police union was all against him. It's just like that that thing of the, the system is going to... Um, preserve itself it's it's almost like thinking of uh you know these rules this set of like this market capitalism logic as an artificial intelligence that is going to preserve itself and uh expel anything that is a threat to it um and that's what they did here uh fortunately he is like expanding this experiment to other cities um to like kind of pick up uh momentum um, but it's just, yeah, yeah. it's I a, mean, we'll, yeah, we need so, that proof because all we're saying is, we, you know, the answer to fucking 99 out of a hundred questions regarding societal ills in this country and most places is just help fucking people, just help people yeah. just fucking help them. Yes. Don't, 
Don't don't yeah. make it conditional. Respect the humanity and dignity of a human being and say you are la- you are experiencing lack. Allow us the government who is collecting taxes yeah. to come in and support you. And yeah, to your point of like the disingenuous arguments that go against programs like this, which is like, well, they're just going to not do anything and just right. buy Xboxes and smoke 40s <laughs> and shit. And so like, to your point, like 1% of believer. the money, 1% of the money you're talking about in this article went to tobacco and alcohol. Right. The rest is about like the relief that they experienced. And being like, oh shit, I can fix this thing in my house that was causing me to like, I can have a light. Yeah. That I can put here. It's like the smallest things that actually optimize your life when you have nothing. And fuck them anyway. Right. Because fucking rich people (laughs) love fucking alcohol and tobacco. Yeah, Yeah. right. I mean, anybody. That's their fuck. They love that shit. Well, that's how they can live with their greed. Anyway, I'm sorry. I just was thinking about the fact that it's so hypocritical to say, oh, they'll they'll just spend it on alcohol and tobacco. But all they're doing, they're just, what they want to do is just divide as many people as possible by saying, like, well, hey, you're working hard. And you're just going to let this poor get oh, a check awesome. for nothing. So obvious, like that's dude. not that's not what the game is. Actually, right. I look at somebody who has no options and I say, that's somebody who capitalism has epically fucked over and has no recourse. And so the the solution is that we have to help them. Yeah, that's that what correct. I see. Not that is some, correct. Not somebody who's a fucking criminal. It's like how many like I would ask a wealthy person, how many carjackers do you know? Right. You know what I mean? At your country club, how many carjackers are members of your country club? Because I'm guessing none because carjackers don't do this shit. That's not a career. It's a way you just survive. So, I mean, there's so many things that I think like studies like this can help just sort of dispel a lot of these myths. But God, when you see the the fucking force at which, you know, uh, these things are fought, it's like disheartening. A lot of people do make money like that Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. That is yeah. one of the growth industries like in big, America. Big chunk yeah. of the economy is that like that like, is true. Hot, like <laughs> I think four percent of the GDP. Of, yeah, hot car thieves, hot cars. gangs solving <laughs> uh, international crimes via right. uh, stunt driving is yep. is actually one I, of the biggest growth industries. I just want to say real quick, uh, the simple thing is okay. Four hundred of you motherfuckers have taken all the money. Right. If you don't give it back at all, you're going to end up. I mean, it's just as as simple as that. And the, and I was going to the joke part of it, and it's not entirely a joke. Is like, well, there's going to be like a shark tank to decide who gets to eat. For right. one thing, like I'd mm-hmm. like to pitch my family to you. We're useful this way and that way. Can we have a, a dinner? Yeah. Uh, yes, for, um, I'll do it for a 70% stake in your yeah, family. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I want to invest in this family. They right. seem lazy. Um, yeah. So the other thing was I want to put Jeff Bezos and I want to put fucking Elon Musk on hoarders. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good and they'll right. be like, what are you talking about? I don't hoard anything. I'm really? talking hoard about your the money. nation's Fuckhead. resources. Yeah. I'm talking about your money, you dick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. It just has to be more popular to like fucking punk these people in public. Yeah. Yeah. You know I, what mean, I mean, the only reason that's... there's a necessity for universal basic income is because you took all the money. It's yeah. not because people are lazy. You took all the fucking money. Now you right. got to give it back or else everything breaks yep. and everyone loses their shit. Right. And they're saying, oh, and yeah, we are... know 
we're preparing for that eventuality with our private security forces that were yeah, in station around <laughs> our home, meantime, homes. Yeah, and that's where it. My but I mean, that's bunker. Yeah. In the meantime, right. grown people like me have to change their name to Cole Got Me Like. Right. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take another quick break and we'll come back. And we're back. So there is a piece of good news on COVID relief. Uh, it does seem like, according to Biden, there will be enough vaccines for every adult in America uh, by the end of May. Yeah, which that is two rules. months older than uh, two that months earlier than uh, previously estimated. Yeah, I, I I'm yeah, excited. it was July. In my mind, I'm just like, it's probably going to be the fall. But to be real, I mean, like, yes, maybe we will get vaccinations. But if these just to just to touch on that last story, if governors in different local municipalities are relaxing the mandates, we are not going to be living outside so quickly. No, uh, right. my friends, no. that doesn't work like that. If we keep the mandates up and we're vaccinating, that's more of a realist that then you might be able to picture yourself wearing a flower crown at Coachella in 2022. Right. But as far as I'm concerned, that's what I want to do. If if shit's <laughs> if shit is still going like this and they're still running it on the fucking, you know, Applebee, big Applebee's open the restaurants agenda. Dude, we're we're looking at bad fucking news. That's why Fauci's like over here, like, please don't do it, guys. We're, we're coming right. so far. Like, let's and I and I feel for him. But yeah, end of May, I think would be great. I think that's can hang great out news. Responsible friends is all you'll be able to do. Like people you trust. Yeah, like right. You could have a maybe a more relaxed hang with, right. people, you know, like with a group of people that you trust. Right. And maybe Without, have a show yeah. in a backyard or something and have a band and you wouldn't be afraid the singer was going to kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And then yeah. the, the other thing, too, is that along with this, there's been some new research about like vaccination confidence and like among Americans and who is confident, who is not. Initially, you know, a lot of the talk from the media was like, you know, obviously, right, rightly, uh, a lot of black Americans were like, yeah, well, looking back at the cruel history of medical <laughs> experimentation on my people, I don't know if I'm ready to hop in line for a vaccine. But then as things dissipated and people are just realizing that it's, it's very safe, it's effective, it's a, it would be this is how we're going to move forward. Those that reluctance dwindled down the group that has the most significant resistance out of any demographic in the United States are white Republicans. Wow. Over 40 percent are like, mm, I don't think I'm going to. That's get insane. So yeah. what do you think is going to happen in those states? I just laughed a little bit when you said the African-American, obviously I wasn't laughing. I was just thinking about how every single institution and government is, has proven itself untrustworthy. So it's like, of course, how would you, yeah. how are you going to, you know, how, how are black people going to trust a government that's fucked them over, over and over again, that they won't yeah. do it again. The history yeah. and the present tense. of um, Right. Yeah. But, so, uh, I mean, there's a lot of factors. I mean, like as much as even governors like, Oh, we can do it. Like, there, it's not that's not what needs to be done and like jesus like that why 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 did one op-ed just kind of f completely fucked everyone up yeah we're um, in the middle of like the biggest race tantrum i mean i just wrote about it for my new column um because in tennessee they just uh passed a bill to outlaw or to ban ch children transgender children from participating in right which isn't even a thing. 
Yeah. There's not right at what? this moment. There's nobody even trying to do that. And they admit that. And they're like, this is a preemptive. It's just hate. It's just, it's just more like white people feel that they, their, their power and their inherent, their inherent value as being white, that this culture has always afforded them. Right. That they had this pride in just being like, I'm white. They're not going to have it anymore. And they yeah. are so fucking mad that they are just having a very violent tantrum. And it's, it's absolutely pathetic to see them try and reframe it a million different ways. Like, Oh, we're just worried about you just are. No, you're just performatively you're, yeah. attacking transgender people because you feel like they're a small enough minority that they can't defend themselves. Like you, you're like, well, I guess we can't, at least who we're better we than these to, people. Yeah. Who right. are we supposed to bully? We've always been allowed to bully people. That's Legally. one of the rights. That's in the Constitution that you can bully people if, been, you're, yeah. if you're white, you know, and it's like they're just like they're it's, like what you're describing is that just basic sort of human need of like if you feel powerless and you cannot and be do anything to create or feel that you are powerful, then the next best thing is to destroy. Right. Yes, and I think and that so this that's is a good it moment. It's just destruction it's everywhere. Moment. It's a good moment because it shows that white supremacy, you know, the idea of what whites are, you know, are nerve racist whites are nervous, and that's good. But it's sure is a tough time to live through. Yeah. While while they're just fucking violent. And still at the levers of power, many yeah, of, right. many yeah. people just, too. So it's just yeah. made me think of it when you were talking about um um just the forty percent of white republicans who don't believe in the vaccine you know it's just trolling they're all right. trolls they're just trolling because they're pissed they're the dr seuss thing is so is so frustrating like the the fact that it's being covered on fox news as like they're trying to outlaw dr seuss and like it's the same shit as like the muppets <laughs> thing where uh it's being done by dr seuss's um uh, like estate and they're just saying they're these six books have racist illustrations in them we are not going to distribute them anymore uh right. and yeah what will white whew. people have left what will white people have left right well that's when i feel like you have <sighs> except to, for the whole senate all of the outrage moments are like just become less and less significant you know like you right. can outrage people if you're like your life is in danger right now because brown people want to have equality and now it's like fuck all right well they know we're racist and we don't care about that anymore. So now we're going to be like, Dr. Seuss right. is getting curb stomped by the snowflakes. It's like, what the? F like, by the end of it, it's going to be they... talking about the most minuscule <laughs> shit, like even more minuscule than it is. Well, they, yeah, Mr. Potato Head. I forgot right. Mr. Potato Head existed. Right. Don't buy that as a gift for a kid now. Right. There's no value in that. I fuck. I remember, I, I remember seeing like, a Mr. Potato Head at a kid's house. I'm like, this is not a toy. This is some kind of cruel art piece that makes no sense. It's still actually required. They uh, make you sign a piece of paper when you're bringing a kid home from the hospital. <laughs> you have to buy a. What do you? Head. It's like yeah. one of the one of the like when immigrants have to like pledge allegiance to the flag. <laughs> right. when they're getting their yeah. Green card. They're also presented yeah. with a Mr. Potato Mr. Head. Mr. Potato Head, a mini flag. Symbol. Yeah. <laughs> you never know when you're gonna need a loose year uh just yeah. like sitting on your kitchen floor five years from now uh, for a fun bit with your kid what's right. that you hold it up to <laughs> except well, the ear doesn't you know really gonna... look like an ear so it's impossible 
get ready for a QAnon fuckhead to swear themselves in on a Dr. Seuss book. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I mean, yeah, watch. Oh, my. Seuss flags now? <laughs> oh, yeah. The oh, new Gadsden fuck. flag is a Seuss flag. And you're like, yeah, all right, fine. This is, I guess, a logical next step yeah. for them. Bunch of it people outside the Capitol scre- screaming green eggs and ham. Yeah. They already took the cat in the hat uh, hat for uh, like peacocking pickup artists. Juggalos. Yeah. <laughs> now they're. Brought up. That's like my least favorite. Is that give everyone like a chill when they see somebody wearing one of those hats? I think only like, when they have like, like earnestly. Yeah. <laughs> I think only yeah, when they have yeah, goggles or like, you know, some other like gelled up hair or something. That's I mean, it's yeah. just somebody at a, uh, you know, at a con who's just having a con fun. is one thing I'm talking about. Like, look, and I'm not I don't I, I'm saying that's not for me. You know, what I mean, if that's how yeah. you get down, all good. <laughs> but, you know, I might keep my eye on you. Let's just say that. This I just do want to play this one clip of just how bored Fox News is regarding the Dr. Seuss stuff, because just listen to this. They were referencing a tweet. I'm just going to play this. A 2017 tweet from Vice President Kamala Harris praised Dr. Seuss. And now it has resurfaced because, you know, tweets never go away. That's sorry. I just fell asleep. What was happening? Yeah, they were (laughs) they were showing a tweet. Because Kamala Harris in 2017 said, happy birthday, Dr. Seuss. The more that you read, just some quote from him. They're like, can you can you believe it? And now she hasn't changed her tune. Uh, so like that. All right. It's this, unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's why I'm curious. Like if at least in the in the heyday of Fox News, they were using like existential, like real, like seemingly existential threats to their whiteness or their Americanness to like motivate and really ramp up the hatred. You know what I right. mean? And now like, is this still getting them horny? There must be you know? polling that says it is. I don't know. Yeah. Because I think at that point, maybe like the, the self delusion wears off a bit and you're like, yeah, it's really not about any of this. Like I just have to, I just hate liberals. I just yeah. hate fucking liberal culture. And it, I don't really need a logic to it. I mean, they're presenting one that doesn't make sense, but I know the feeling that I have, which is merely just this. I don't like this yeah. culture or whatever. Well, Crofton, it has been a pleasure having you as oh, man, always, so man. Fun. So where fun. can uh where can people find you and follow you? Well, my whole system's all messed up. Um because I got too many From names. Cobra. Oh. Yes, because like my my I got people talking to my ear that I got to change everything to cold brew got me like, um, which is just I don't want to be called that all the time. Um, but uh, I guess I will if I have to keep a roof over <laughs> to keep a roof over my head. I guess I'll do whatever. Um, but uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at the Crofton show. You can find uh, the new um, Twitch show. It's called Cold Brew Got Me Like One Word. Um, and you can find that also um, on, I guess, YouTube. And I think shortly on like, we'll have an audio version of it too on like Spotify and stuff and all that stuff. And then uh, on my Instagram at Chris underscore Crofton. And then my Patreon, which is Chris Crofton, which is where I'm trying to like sort of group everything together. Patreon slash Chris Crofton. Um, and uh, I'm trying to like figure out a way to make a living, maybe um, uh, that way. Maybe I mean that's I, I'm sure a lot of people are, but that's that, that's the that's the plan uh, yeah, long term. Yeah. And um, and then you can buy my record, uh, my debut record, "Hello, It's Me," 
um, which got a 7.4 from Pitchfork. Um, hey, booyah! Star is born. Anyway, you can buy that at Bandcamp slash Chris Crofton or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, and is there a tweet or some of the work of social yes. media you've been enjoying? There's one tweet that I that I actually know about um, <laughs> that I loved. Um, well, it's one that I actually, because this segment is the one where I always fall apart and it takes me 25 minutes to find a tweet. But this is the one. It's by someone named Heinz Baked Beans. Or no, mm. Heinz Baked Jeans at uh-huh. Merman Melville. And kind of a bummer to have been born at the very end of the fuck around century oh, just yeah. to live the rest of my life in the find out century. Yeah. I think that's Perfect the best tweet ever Chris. done. <laughs> Fresh tweets out uh, the hopper. That's Miles, that's where can all people I find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Miles of Gray. Also on Twitch, too. 420 Day Fiance. Where I'm not looking at YouTube videos. I'm just getting high and ranting about reality shows. So I would definitely check out uh, Cold Brew. Got me like. fun. Um, and you are uh, having your name legally changed to 420 Day Fiance, right? Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> and it's kind of causing problems in my family. As your new but... manager, Miles, I really think it's a good idea. <laughs> I know. And look, I'm trusting you, babe. I'm trusting you, babe. Uh, yeah, so some tweets I like. Uh, let's see. <laughs> There's a couple. First one's two from Reductors. First one is one that I, they, I read it last week, but I love it. Uh, at Reductors tweets, how to cope when everything is a personal affront to you. Uh, which I just like that mindset of like everything is a fucking against me uh, and how to cope, man. It's tough. That shit is tough. That's a lot of chaos to, to be dealing with. So I wish peace to the to, to those in the personal affront section. Another one from Reductress. Uh, it's like a group of like white uh, white women and then a woman of color. And it says how to explain to your white friends that you don't know who Billy Joel is because your dad is an immigrant. i found moments like that where i'm like "Mm, don't really know that one finally at taylor garen uh who was one great writer from reductus but a great writer in her own right now has moved on i believe but but she tweets imagine being a royal like being a grown adult and calling yourself a prince or a queen just childish (laughs) uh you can find me on twitter jack underscore o'brien uh, no real new tweets past couple days that have impressed me, guys. Work harder. Uh, but I'll, wow. I'll read some from uh <laughs> from a couple days ago that I retweeted already. Uh, Mothman Festival Queen tweeted, "Sick Transit Gloria is Latin for nice car, Gloria." And uh, at Rush underscore Less tweeted, "Doing this, doing that. Some of y'all need to be doing your dishes." Uh, I liked. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song recommendation. Uh, Miles, what song are we uh, sending people to check out today? Up the stairs! The station where... <laughs> Dude, did that sick transit glory? <laughs> that fucking song is wild. Uh, very dark. Very dark. Um, uh, the track that we're going to go out on 
you know, look, more sample-based hip-hop, more neck-snapping, but from the gods, which is DJ Premier, okay? Mm -hmm. If we're talking about sample-based hip-hop, it's, it's the golden era god, DJ Premier, but with the newcomers, West Side Gun, Conway the Machine, and Benny the Butcher, because Buffalo hip-hop is just the fucking shit right now. And I'm, for me, someone who is stuck in, like, 98, 96 rap, uh, there's, no, there's no better feeling. So this track is Headlines, produced by Premier, with West Side Gun, Conway, and Ben. I feel like 90s era rap out of New York City all sounds like it's, it might have, it all feels like Buffalo. Just like cold. You got to wear a jacket. Yeah, you yeah. see your breath. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I think that's why I think, I think my my love affair with cold weather comes from being a fan of New York hip hop. <laughs> and like the, I like the imagery of like the, the New Jack cities and things like that. I'm like, oh yeah, you got a leather coat on and shit. Meanwhile, I'm like in short shorts and flip flops, <laughs> like smoking a joint, looking like a fucking surfer. Hey, uh, you guys, sorry if I seem like I checked out. I just, I'm having some audio trouble over here. But uh, I just want to say th thanks a lot for having me on the show. Hey, man. Always great having you. Go check out that Buffalo Hip Hop. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That will do it for this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye.